everyone to this episode of the Graybeard Podcast. This is Bruce Buxton. I am the Graybeard, and I'm your host and the founder of the Graybeard Podcast. I'm glad to have you along today. Thanks everyone for coming back time and time again. You know, one of the features of growing old, I think that you probably have seen this in the lives of your parents, your grandparents, is that they tend to wear frumpy old things that uh, don't really make them look their very best. And I may get some pushback on this today, and that's fine if you want to push back, push as hard as you want to. But I think that one of the things that one of the opportunities we have uh, in our older years is to change the script a little bit on what it means to be old. And what that means in my book is to have a little bit better sense of style and to really pay attention to how we show up. On today's episode of the Graybeard podcast, I interviewed Deb Schwartz, and she has a service called Crush Style Now. And she's going to talk to us about the elements of style, why style is important, why, should, why you should think about it in your own life. I don't know how this hits you, but for me, it hits me pretty hard because I know that there are times when I just take the easy route. But if I recognize that it matters how I show up, then I take time to make sure that my style reflects what it is I want to say about myself. Thank you for coming and I'm glad that you could be here and I could serve you today with the podcast. If you like what you hear, if you think it could be valuable for anyone in your life, please share it with anyone, your family, your friends, your colleagues, anyone that you think might be benefited, benefited by listening to the podcast. Uh, as you know, I like to communicate with my listeners. So please um, take time if you want to, to email me at bruce at thegraybeardpodcast.com or you can DM me on LinkedIn or on Facebook or even on Instagram if you so desire. Uh, but take time if you want to comment, if you'd like me to do an episode uh, series that I haven't done or anything that you'd like to suggest that I do better, I'm open. I'm open for good suggestions from anybody. Uh, also, I've asked before if you'd like to uh, submit a, requ- uh, a review and a rating, all you do is go to your Apple Podcast app. And uh, at the bottom of that uh, page for the Graybeard podcast, you'll find a place to add a rating and review. Now, those rating and v- ratings and reviews really help us uh, to be searchable. And uh, Apple tends to push the conversation out to more people when there are more people listening. So I, I really want to... Uh, to encourage you to do that, that would help everybody a lot. Now, Deb's a really engaging person, and this should be a really in- engaging conversation with you. Open your mind if you're if you're skeptical about um, thinking new thoughts about style and about how you show up as an older person. Um, keep an open mind and listen in. This should be a good conversation. Deborah Schwartz, thanks for joining me today on my podcast. Um, it's a pleasure to talk to you. How are you feeling today? How are you doing? I'm doing great, Bruce. Uh, thanks for having me today. I'm looking and where, are, where are you currently located? I am located in northern New Jersey. I'm about a half an hour or less from New York City in uh, Bergen County. Excellent. Have you always uh, lived in that part of Jersey? Is this kind of new for you? or? or... Uh, no, I have lived, aside from going to school in the Midwest in St. Louis, I have lived in the New York and New Jersey area, northern New Jersey area my whole life. I did live in the city for 10 years, which was a great experience. And I think everyone should have that experience. But um, no, I'm I actually just heard that 70% of people end up living within 20 miles of where they were brought up. Wow, that's really interesting. You know, my wife. That's a 
Yeah. That that is interesting, actually. That's a very big number. Uh, that's a big number. I I I don't know that I believe that. My my wife and I were just having this conversation the other day because we looked at each other across the dinner table and said, you know, we'll never have the opportunity to have the experience of living where we grew up. It'll never happen. <laughs> and oh. uh, and it, and we do have several friends between the two of us who live within 10 miles of where we all grew up and and we're just kind of scratching our head thinking how do you get there it's it's so hard for me to understand that but i know that i'm in the minority well i think it also depends on where your family is located you know yeah. my family still most of the family still is around this area so well how about how about this i have five kids so the oldest is 33 the youngest mm -hmm. is 20 uh, my 33 year old lives in Aachen Germany uh, my 31-year-old lives in Loveland, Colorado. My 26-year-old lives in Morgantown, West Virginia. My 22-year-old lives in uh, Villa Hermosa, Mexico. And my 20-year-old lives in uh, Logan, Utah. So, oh, my God. So you could spend the year just kind of traveling from one to... Well, last year must have been very hard then. Yeah, it was a tough year. It was a tough year, but that's okay. We, we figured it out. And this year, we're going to Germany for my daughters. Uh, she's having another baby, and so we're that's going to Germany fantastic. for that. So anyway, and you, didn't you tell me in our prep that you have a 21-year-old son? Is that your only family? or where, where... I do. Well, I'm married, and um, my son is... Uh, yes, he's a junior at uh, my alma mater, which is pretty cool for me. That's uh, Washington University in St. Louis. Oh, okay. And I'm so glad he has a chance because he was brought up here in, in Tenafly, New York and then Tenafly, New Jersey. And it's a, it's an, a great experience to live in another part of the country, ideally another country if you can, but another part of the country just to gain perspective and um, understand how people in other areas think because it's very different from region yes. to region. I mean, yeah. not between where you and I live, but, you know, go to the Midwest or Southwest or, yes. Right. Me coming, me coming to the East Coast from the, from the West, from the Rocky Mountain West was, mm -hmm. uh, it was eye-opening and I love it here. I love it here. I'll never, I'll never leave probably, but I lived also in France for a while. We lived in Texas and Maryland and Arizona. So I do have a, a kind of a, a breadth of experience that way. But listen, we're, we need to rein this in because all of these pleasantries, although they're fun and I could do this all day, you and I got to know each other on Clubhouse um, and some of the listeners to the podcast may not even know what that is, but I'll explain that later. But uh, Clubhouse is a social media network that Deb and I, Deborah and I are part of. You can call and, me Deb. <laughs> well, well, I'm going to try. Whatever works. Gonna, I've got on my piece of paper written down here, Deborah. So we'll see if I can follow my own instructions. Anyway, um, Deborah and I met on Clubhouse, and she is a style maven. That's the way I see her. Um, talk. She talks a lot on Clubhouse about style, personal style, and um, one of the things that I've been aware of recently in my life is that, um, you know, I have an 84 year old father, and I'm 58, and that. The, con the constant thing that continues to come up and makes me curious is how we hold on to different styles from different parts of our life and how we, we, we tend to not really move with the style. So I just wanted to have a discussion because the people that are listening to my podcast, they're all over, over 45 for the most part, between 45 and 70. They're in that time of life where I think we can get a little bit rigid. And I think we want to understand just a little bit more about style, why it's important, and you know what it means for an older person um, 
in terms of you know what could it provide for them so i've got a bunch of questions here and things that i'd love to talk to you about if you're willing to go down that road sure take me down okay first of all tell me you know where did your expertise in style come from like what's your journey to get from there to here well bruce um it i've actually come full circle um i from the time i was little I mean, like eight, my sister was, I have two younger sisters and my next younger sister is always like the, the tomboy and she ran, was running out of the house at age six in a flowered shirt and striped pants. And I, I swear, I remember this saying, mom, you're not gonna let her go out like that. And it's been like that since, not that I've been critical since, <laughs> but that I have always had an eye for fashion and style from the time I was playing with Barbie dolls. It was just, you know, I had an affinity and I never thought much about it. And I always thought, well, you know, everybody can do this. Like some, some of, many of us discount um, our talents and think that they're not special. So I always wanted to go, I worked in retail as a, a teen at a high-end boutique and would be just blown away when grown-up women, maybe like 30-year-olds you know, left now, would come in and say, well, I don't know what to wear. And I would put together all these outfits, like a capsule wardrobe, and we'd call it now. And it was so much fun for me. And I was getting paid to do it, which was really a kick. And uh, I just, again, it just came so, so naturally that I really decided it wasn't something I wanted to go into because I was academically oriented and, but I love design. Um, and I went to school for graphic communication and marketing and went into um, the world of corporate design at Estee Lauder right out of the, you know, out of the shoot. I was there for eight years as design director after one year, which was kind of a big deal. And, um, I, it was, I was designing everything from bottles, jars, to shopping bags, to, to fabric. Let me, let me just, let me, uniforms. just uh, let me ask you a question because yeah. I think, I think it, anybody who's listening closely will ask, I think themselves the same question. When you think of style and I, and I guess we're mm. talking, we're talking about the way that you show up in public, mostly dressed and coiffed or whatever right so so the way that you you present your physical being in public mm -hmm. do you see that as primarily a design exercise it sounds to me like you do it's an exercise not only that's an interesting question bruce um from my standpoint when i work with clients for me it's a design ex uh, exercise but I also I come from the standpoint of the psychology of why we wear what we do and how what we wear affects not only us, but it affects how we are seen, how we are perceived, and we want and it's important to make sure you show up in your, you know, looking authentic to how you feel. And I know I didn't get to finish finish my little tale. It's just a roundabout way to say ultimately I ended up coming back to my first love and saying, you know what, this is this is what I resonates with me. It's my passion. So um, yes, it's in, for clients. It's not so much an exercise in in that kind of style. They they need most of my my clients. They you know they they hire me because they don't know how to do this. They don't or they don't have the time or it's just a daunting thing for them. Um, they may have some, some um, 
gremlins, some negative feedback from years gone by saying, well, you don't know, or you can't get yourself together, or you never choose the right thing, or some insecurities. And when you get to a certain age, like we are, couple things happen. First of all, mo many, many, many times, probably more often than not, and I'm not, that isn't just a woman, a woman primarily, but men absolutely too, are going through some kind of transition. And that transition could be um, a weight gain. I'm not going to say loss, because usually it's a gain, you know, if it's a man, it's their, their middles thickening and their faces, neck and everything, so they can't wear the same shirts, they can't wear... You know, and, and women, um, of course, the perimenopause and menopause menopause will shift their body in directions that are might find they might find alarming and upsetting, so and not feel like themselves. Uh, it could be a change in marital status. It could be a change in climate. They move to another, you know, from north to the south, and they need they don't know what to wear. They are not comfortable. Um, could be that they just. They change jobs and now there's a requirement to dress in a certain way. They're empty nesters, they're going back into the workforce. So there's so many reasons. Or maybe they just never had a sense of feeling like they were in a style that felt comfortable. They may yeah. have followed. So, so I hear you. I hear you that most yeah. people are, most people change and, and style then becomes an issue for them as they change, right? Well, it, it becomes... A big question mark. Right. Okay. They, so they may, not, they may not be able to wear what they used to wear. They may be have been wearing the wrong thing all along, not soothing their body or their personality. So all of those things we work on together. That's awesome. So I, I wanted to tell you a little bit of a. Not, it's not a story necessarily, but I want to tell you an experience I had and let that kind of be a jumping off point for a discussion. So in my thirties, I started to have a job where I spent more time in the office than I didn't. Right. And uh, I remember coming home a couple of times, like in my mid thirties and my wife would meet me at the door, all excited to see me from a long day gone. And she'd kind of take a step back and she'd look at me. She said, Bruce, you look like a 40 year old. And, and uh, at that time in my life, I was, you know, wearing, I was going to work in khakis and, you know, collared shirts. Most of my shirts had some element of blue in them. And most of my khakis were, you know, somewhere from olive to camel and, and, and I think what she was trying to say is that I, that I think 40 year olds are characterized by steadiness and by dependability and by um, consistency, you know, that, that, you know, a 40 year old guy gets to a place in his life where he's like, he's got a lot of things to take care of. And so a lot of times he just hunkers down and does what he does every day and does it well. And so I think what she was trying to say to me by that is this isn't very exciting. It's not very interesting. It's just blah. And you should think about you know, doing something with your style. That's always stuck with me because you know that that continues actually when I show up in khakis and a blue shirt, even though I'm 58, that's still the slur is you look like a 40 year old because you go back to you know what 40 year old characterizes. So my question for you is, I mean, have you heard that before? And second, secondly, why is it important, or is it important that we maintain some element of surprise and excitement in the style that we show up in? Um, is, are there benefits for us to do that kind of thing? And I know that's a big question, so you feel free to take as long as you want to answer that my rambling way that I warned you about. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Well, you know, 
while you were saying that, Bruce, and describing that, you know, 40-year-old look, um, a couple things sprang to mind. First of all, if you, um, we're, we're old and I'm actually I'm even a, two years older than you, believe it or not. And you're, you're uh, a spring chicken, in other words. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's part of the point that I'm going to be making here. Um, let's go back to when you when you said you're wearing just the khakis and blue shirt. Several things I want to talk about. Number one, there's nothing wrong with a uniform. And we can talk about that later. People find it very um, soothing sometimes, relaxing. If they do not, do not, they don't care about clothes at all, then to have a go-to, and I have my brother-in-law's like that. He wears the gray, you know, gray slacks and blue shirt every day. He's a lawyer. I mean, it makes it easy. Steve Jobs did. There are many, many um, deep thinkers and creative people who just choose to funnel their energy outside of what they wear. That being said, I'm not one of those because I am more of a style chameleon and I like to try a lot of different things. But I understand what you're saying, but I think it's, and I think it's harder for a man than a woman. I don't necessarily believe, uh, buy into what you're saying about um, settling in and reliable and yes, responsible. Certainly a 40 year old man has responsibilities like he did not when he was 25. But as a, as a woman, and in the way, you know, men too, I'm sure, do you think of yourself as your age? Mia, just ask you that before I continue. Um, you know, I, I've always thought of myself as an 18 year old, honestly. I mean, okay. my, wow. When I think of myself, I look in the mirror, I think, wow, that, that the, what I see in the mirror does not reflect how I feel on the inside. I've always said that I feel like I'm 18 with a whole bunch of layers of experience on top of that. So, so I don't know if that answers your question, but that's what it I absolutely, feel like. it absolutely answers my question. And boy, that's even younger than I, I would expect you to say. Um, I always say, I feel like I'm 35 and as such, I don't, it's very different than when our parents and our grandparents hit the ages we're at now. I mean, when it, our parents, our grandparents, of course, at age 58 or 60, they were, you know, their lives were definitely on the, the dark side of the moon. And they um, dressed appropriately for what they believed was, you know, that was age appropriate. They did not want to stand out. They certainly were not body conscious, uh, health conscious in the way we, we are. So they didn't maintain, you know, maintain their bodies. So they certainly weren't trying to stand out and look look a certain way. I mean, there were certainly people who who cared and um, obviously, but I would say by and large, older people that were considered older like that were not fashion relevant. And even our parents, um, I think there's a shift, was a shift when they got a little older, the choices they made may have been things that would be, let's say, easier care. You know, they wouldn't worry about, oh, I have to iron this or I have to send it to the dry cleaner. No, you know, you've heard the old term uh, wash and wear or sure. polyester or, and I'm also, that's not everyone, but I'm just saying by and large, it was, it was a different mental, mental state because now as much as you, you think what you're doing, you're wearing, it may be boring and, and maybe it's just um, simple and there are ways of, of kind of, as they say, <laughs> on judging it up, fixing it up a little bit to make it a little more special. But I know that all the people that, I, all the women I know, 
and men, some men, they absolutely want to still be fashion relevant. They feel young, they want to dress it. And I, that doesn't mean dressing inappropriately. And when I say inappropriately, I mean like maybe overly skin showing or you know something that's not fitting properly. Yeah, yeah, we've all seen that before. I, I oh, think. yeah, and it's, you know, it's embarrassing to look at them. <laughs> and I wonder why they're not embarrassed. That's the funny part. I, exactly. <laughs> so, power, power to them. But yeah, that's that's what I mean by, you know, age appropriate at this point. Yeah, that's funny you, because I, I, I was going to tell you this. I couldn't figure out where to slip it in the conversation. But I remember from a very young age um, not wanting to wear something that I was not forced to wear, but I, I had no option other than to wear something that I had to wear to school. And I, I remember from a very young age feeling really, really uncomfortable in, in what I was wearing and not feeling like I could relax, like having this stress and this tension all the time because of what I was wearing. And the noticeable difference between that and wearing something that I felt good in and felt comfortable, regardless of what the, of what the, the real the real picture was because probably other people saw me differently than I saw myself. In fact, there are things today that my wife wants me to wear that I do not feel comfortable in. My body doesn't feel good when I wear them and she likes it. And I'm thinking, how can this be? You can like it so much. And I feel so incredibly uncomfortable, but do you, is that a common thing? Like, do you hear people talk about that kind of, I, I want to go back to the whole idea of age and body consciousness I think that's a really good thing for my audience to talk about, but I just do want to hear, do you, do you hear from people that there are people like that, or am I just one of the weird ones that have that experience? Well, I think, I think people are not choosing things that they're going to be uncomfortable in anymore because they don't have to. There are so many different choices. Um, sure. I remember those days. I remember having to wear like tights that would you know or knee socks that would fold down or you know just things that just i mean honestly the fabrications back then were were not such there's no spandex there was no lycra so mm -hmm. there was nothing to hold everything up um without it you know wet how about what you'd have to go out and play in the in the snow in wool yeah, yeah, yeah. no that wool will you ever forget that smell <laughs> i'm thinking i'm thinking more like uh like there there was a time before before bell bottoms where i think we were wearing something like uh you know levi's corduroys and the bell bottoms you know angel flight pants came in and my parents just could not stomach buying the angel flight pants for me and so i was forced to wear my you know, Levi corduroys to school and just totally self-conscious the entire that's, time. Oh yeah, absolutely. But that's another thing. I thought you meant like physically, but oh my God, yes. Especially when we're young, it's all about, you know, peer pressure in terms of style. And you don't want to sit, nobody at that age from middle school on, you don't want to be different. So so I'm thinking, Deb, Deborah, that part of the challenge is, is that we get to a certain age and that, that consciousness of what other people think of us kind of dissipates and so style then takes a back seat to comfort in a way that you know probably doesn't serve us the best would you say that's true mm. well yes the beginning of what you said absolutely we get to a certain age when we say you know more or less i don't you know i don't care you don't like it if you don't, you know, I'm not, don't judge me because this is what 
I've earned. I've well, earned who, and who cares? Who cares? And who cares? Yeah. Right. So for that reason, but you still want to feel like you're you are presenting your best self. I mean, you know how you feel, how uncomfortable you felt uh, emotionally with when you were wearing the corduroy pants and everyone else had bell bottoms. Yeah, you didn't didn't like that feeling, and um, emotionally we feel so. Think how you feel when you know you've got something on that fits well, that makes you look good, makes you want to be seen. Um, and that, you know, at any age, that's, that's critical. Because it shows on your face if you feel like you don't want to be seen. If you feel you want to rather be invisible because you're just wearing something that's kind of, it's not the quality you like, it, the fit, whatever it is, your body is, has changed a little, but you are still wearing things that you're squeezing yourself into and that's not comfortable. You know, all those things. You, the whole point is about confidence and being authentic. And I know that's, that's a word that's used probably too often, but one of the things that I do is work with my clients to find their style. And that's what makes it authentic. You might be a classic guy. I mean, this is, you're wearing something very classic. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Back in the day, we'd say like almost preppy. Um, you might be a, a dress sort of more flouncy, not you, but a woman, uh, kind of romantic style or bohemian style or sporty or sexy or minimalist. There's so many things, or you might be a chameleon, like mm -hmm. I'm pretty much a chameleon right? because yeah. it's just so much fun. Yeah. So I, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm sure that I've never been accused of being flouncy. I'm certain. <laughs> I'm certain of that. Okay. Well, let, so let me what, just what let I'm me. Saying is you don't. You don't. You know. You, fashion and style are still relevant. It's just a matter of how you want to express you. Okay. I I love that. I like that um, as a way of kind of jumping into the next subject. Like so. So you're saying that style is relevant to you mostly, and how you want to express you. The style is is about how you want to express yourself. Are there are there elements of style that like are, are broad enough for my audience to get their head around and say, okay, if I think about these two or three things as it relates to how I show up every day, then I should be able to feel comfortable and relevant. Are there elements that they could incorporate into their their thinking about what they what they put on and how they show up? Well, yeah, absolutely. And it's not so much specific pieces as it is um, how you wear things. And the first, first thing is for you to know your body type. And that's more important with a woman than a man. Um, so you're dressing to accentuate your best parts and decentuate, decentuate, yeah. Uh, the parts that, yeah, the parts that you don't want to anyone to kind of pay attention to ask yourself what do I like the best I mean most women I'd say like their shoulders you know they may not like what falls below their shoulders like in my case you know the old lack of tricep toning but um, find something some women have wonderful legs some men just you know really they still have maintained a great waist they want to wear something tucked in instead of the untucked look so you find something that works with your body. Now, another thing that's really, really critical, no matter what you're wearing, is fit. And I think as a, as a man, especially when men were wearing suits all the time, you, know, you buy, buy something and you 
automatically think you're going to go, you know, you'd go to a tailor. You just wouldn't think twice about it. Of course, I'm going to take this in to get tailored. And so it would fit you perfectly. Women, not so much. Women will buy to try on a particular label and say, oh, this doesn't fit me. You know, I'll try this size or I'm a six and I won't try an eight and I won't try a 10 because I'm a six and so I discounted. My point is tailoring is like your best friend. Buying something and making it fit perfectly, even if it's an inexpensive thing, will make it look that much more, um, a little more expensive. And it definitely is going to make you feel better because it, it fits you perfectly. It, yeah, doesn't, uh, look bobby, it doesn't look, and it, it doesn't take much, I mean, for something to look off. So that's another thing. So, so know your body, know your body, know type, your body and make sure you've tailoring. got a fit for you. Yeah. And own own your body. Oh, say, look, I don't don't try to to fit in. I mean, don't mean literally fit in, but don't don't buy into a fashion or trend just because it's there and you want something new. When if it just doesn't work with you, classics are classics. There are always ways of taking something. For instance, you want one piece. I'll give you one piece. Whether you're a man or a woman, and you're going to say this is so boring, Deb. White man tailored shirts white button down i swear you're gonna say why that is the most boring thing that's the last thing i would put on i wore that when i was going to church or sunday school or you know or whatever you know i hate white shirts why would you think that well it is like a blank canvas that you can do so much with whether you kind of wear it for a, a woman more than a man really but even as a man you've got it different fabrications. You might have it in linen in the summer and you roll up the sleeves. You might have something a little more formal and then you'd wear it like with a, a leather jacket to make it kind of a little cheeker. Uh, when a woman, oh my God, there's so many things you could do. Um, I don't want to get into the details. Yeah, I, I don't want to, this is I so, can go on and on and on and on and on. Here yeah. I thought, oh, you can't talk for an hour. Oh, I could talk. Yeah. Oh, I know you could talk. We could talk <laughs> for an talk hour. talk about fashion. I, I, I love like, it. I like talking about philosophy and the philosophy of style is just as good as talking about anything else. So you, you said the first one is know your body and own it. Right. And then the second element that you would, you would encourage people to think about is make sure you have the right fit, you know, take time, make the effort to make sure that you have the right fit. And, and I will add one more thing. Mm -hmm. um, fewer and better quality pieces. Fewer and better quality. A couple reasons. Um, many of you have heard this before, uh, price per wearing. Um, some people, especially when they're younger, they want more. They want the newest. And they buy into whatever the trend is. And they, uh, we end up buying fast fashion, which is like your H&M or your Zara. Um, that is just basically becomes landfill. And, because, and then you end up wearing the pieces a few times and then they're out of style or they don't hold up because the fabric's not very good. Um, so your price per wearing could be three times as much as if you bought a good wool blazer or cashmere sweater or a handbag that you spent a little more on, but every time you wore it, you felt great because you knew it was quality. So that affects your emotion and it affects how you came across. And you, wore, you could wear it every single day. So your price per wearing comes down to like minute, minuscule compared to having, you know, five or 10 handbags that are 
for different outfits and you never wear one more than twice a season. Right, right. And that totally makes sense. I, I know my wife subscribes to that. I think she still has quite a few pieces that she bought 20 years ago and they're in great shape. She takes great care of them and, and I think they look good on her. Um, me, though, I'll tell you what happened to me just last year or the year before the pandemic, actually, I bought the most expensive suit I've ever had a nice blue um, suit and I won't tell that I won't tell the manufacturer but it cost me a pretty penny and I was at a business meeting in New York and it was dark and I was talking to my wife on the phone and we were walking to a restaurant I tripped and fell and I tore the leg I tore the knee in a way that the tailor told me I, I can't do anything with this I can't oh, can't weave it I can't do anything oh, no. that was that was one of those things that challenged my desire to have better quality stuff but that that's that, not that was a fluke though. that's a fluke that's right because i've had other that's things no these, yeah. those are really good things i think that anybody who listens to this podcast can kind of get behind those three things and those are three simple things know your body and own it invest in fit make sure you take time to make sure that the fit is right for you and for your body and for your lifestyle and the third thing would be to have fewer and better quality pieces i think those are really helpful tips i think is I there, also, there, go ahead go ahead i was going to say one of the things um especially when you have fewer things it gives you i find you become more creative when you travel and you keep a uh, you know kind of a pack a, a capsule wardrobe more or less where you uh, and this is another suggestion you just use neutrals maybe a couple colors and then one black and cream or blue and gray whatever and then you throw in a pop of color just to kind of keep things um upbeat when you're traveling it could be a belt a scarf a bag a pair of shoes or something but the point is you find when you're under constraints like that you come up with new ideas so the beauty of having fewer better things are that you can you get more creative and you also there's that price per wearing too and then you can kind of spice it up a little bit with accessories mm -hmm. and the accessories could actually end up being like your, your personal statement, like a, a great necklace, you know, something, mm -hmm. a conversation piece, or maybe a guy wears, you love your, your um, leather jacket. You've had it for 30 years, but you walk into any restaurant party, whatever. And I was like, oh yeah, Bruce has got his jacket on. That always looks good on him because you feel like it's you. Right, yeah. right. It, you, you walk in, you feel like a million bucks. And so mm -hmm. everybody else thinks you, you look like a million bucks. And that's the exactly. way it works. I think I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, because I, I think I can hear in my mind already what you're going to say. But let's just say that you've, you've you know, bought into all of this, you know, your body type and you own it, you, you have invested in fit, you have fewer, better quality pieces. Are there ways that you can go from that base, from that foundation, to kind of age-proof your wardrobe and the way that you present yourself? And I, I think I know where you're going to head with this, but let, but let me ask you that question. Um, age-proof. Well, no. is the assumption that your body is going to continue to change? No, this, this is, is the assumption. In, in my mind, this, the assumption is about style. The assumption yeah. is I wear and I present my clothes in a way that was so 2020s when it's 2030, you know, but what I hear you saying is that some of these style elements, you know, they're kind of timeless. And if they're, if you use those as foundational elements, then how do you move with the times? Like, 
what do I what do I observe? What do I pay attention to so that I can continue to update my look that's appropriate for me and also appropriate for the time? Um, I think the best way of approaching that is to have your your basic foundation of things that fit that are classic that are you know and I when I say classic I'm not talking about you know your your uh, flannel bla uh, camel blazer but I'm talking about like great jeans that fit the uh, the shoes that look timeless and fit well and you don't want to wear anything that's not fit fitting well and when it comes to shoes because boy that shows on your face um looking really well groomed take the time to do your you know have your nails done or your hair or do you know, do your own nails i personally don't like getting my nails done but i'll do them myself because it, i feel good when i look down and see see them done um wear and get yourself something like a, a nice watch it doesn't even have to be expensive but you know something classic that looks elegant and make sure that you keep you know keep current by looking at what's what's new and different and maybe just add a little element of that via an accessory i mean accessories are the least expensive and least commitment uh, wise way of um staying fresh and current and um, and also making something you know that might will might well be a little bit boring after a while um, a little bit new and take it from a fresh outlook yeah that's that's, that's, that's that great to say? <laughs> no that's great that's where I thought you were going to go on that, that's yeah. great advice I I was listening to a podcast the other day about entrepreneurship and one of the principles that this guy said is if you're gonna you're gonna you need to be progressive in your business you mm -hmm. can't just kind of sit on your hands and watch everything go by, but but you need to fail small. And he explained that by saying, you know, you don't want to, you know, he used the example of watch bands. He said, let's say that that somebody tells you that watch bands are going to be big in 2022. So you take your life savings, you go out and buy, you know, five hundred thousand dollars with the watch bands, and hopefully you're going to triple your money and you know be worth a million bucks. That that would be an example of a potential of failing really big, you know, but. Failing small would be I'm going to take you know five hundred dollars by you know several dozen watch bands and see if I can expand that little by little, and you know if you fail you're out five hundred bucks. So oh. the reason I'm talking about that. Can you hear that? I'm sorry. Oh yeah, that's all right. How how this applies I think is that with your fashion you don't necessarily have to go out and do something big and and uh, audacious to have a, a, a style change right. You can fail small or you can succeed small and have really good outcomes like just add one element to it and see how it mm -hmm. plays, see how you feel see how other people perceive it and then if it works then you can add something else to it absolutely and don't forget great glasses that makes all the difference too change your change your um your eyeglass frames that will that and a good haircut will keep you current no matter what okay i that is fantastic advice and especially for the guys who are listening mm -hmm. to the podcast, yeah. you know, having a good haircut and having glasses that are current make a huge difference. I think yeah. that is fantastic advice. You know, you do this for a living, Deborah. So I'm curious, like, I really want to make sure that people know what your services that you offer are and, um, you know, how they can best get in touch with you. So first of all, tell me a little bit about your business. How does it operate? And then how people can get in touch with you. Okay, well, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, my company is called Company. I'm a solopreneur right now, called Crush.Style. 
And actually my website is www.crush.style. I am a, I call myself a wardrobe therapist and style mentor. And the reason I use the word therapist is because I do come from the standpoint of, of psychology in terms of why we wear what we wear and how wonderfully you can feel when you're in the right clothing and vice versa. And um, my clients tell me, you know, that it, I mean, I see it. I see what a difference it makes with them, um, for them emotionally. So in that sense, and also, you know what, to, not to be too funny, but um, I'm going to see you in your underwear. So <laughs> you got to be comfortable with me. And, you know, you know, it, it's like when you're at a, at a hairstylist and you you're, it's that awkward, I'm sitting there, should I speak or not? And you end up telling them your life story. Well, there's a little bit <laughs> element of that with my client. Except in your underwear. <laughs> Except in your underwear. How much you more telling, telling your life story to, De to Deborah in right. your underwear. No, I, I, was busy, I'm sorry, I was busy writing your website down and I, I think I didn't. Did you say style therapist or fashion therapist? Wardrobe therapist, wardrobe. style I mentor. I knew I, I had that wrong. Yeah, wardrobe so my whole thing, style mentor. Okay. Yeah. So I mentor women, most more women than men, but I work with men too, to power up confidence and elevate their self-image and create a positive relationship with clothing, and resulting in a personal style that reflects who they are or who they aspire to be. I mean, that could be it. That could be. Too too you know people are sometimes look for reinvention and my methodology is actually um it's kind of called the i haven't decided on the last second word because i'm changing it around a little bit but it's it's the my crush method and it's basically the c is for creating confidence like wow yourself and everyone you meet because you remember i'm only on up to six seconds to make an impression Crazy, right? Um, right, right? R is for realize your style and you know learn what looks best for you and your lifestyle. And then upcycling your wardrobe. I am a big advocate of using what you have first. And that's the other thing about being a little older. We've accumulated a lot, too much in most cases. And I, you know, we're all, all guilty of that. So instead of going out and buying, get creative with what you have. And, that's, a, um, that's a that's a great thing i like that. oh yeah that's yeah. big and you know what it's so um it's um being conscious of the environment and it is a big it's right now if you pick up any knit magazine you will have at least a couple articles about about something like this or about buying something that is um organically made or whatever it's a big deal and as the generations the younger generations like our kids are you know coming down hard on us for being wasteful and so this is this is a thing so that's you is upcycle and then s for shopping smarter meaning making sure the purchases are well thought out and you're not regretting something that's sitting in your closet with a tag on because it happens to all of us yep yep and um reduce your stress reduce time and all that and getting ready and then having a success mindset. And when you have that success mindset, it's powerful. And you can, you know, you, when you have that, it folds right back into the confidence factor. And that's what it's all about, Bruce. Wow. I, I'm, I'm thinking that this is a course. Is that, are you creating a course with a crush method? Um, I am. It'll be a little bit of, of time, but yes, I've got, got something, 
slowly simmering. That is um, awesome. Yeah, it's it's so much fun. Oh my god, it's just <laughs> the cr the crush method. Create confidence, realize your style, upcycle your wardrobe, shop smarter, and have a success mindset. I love that. That's fantastic. How can so so they can contact you at www.style. Or I'm sorry, dot crush dot style dot com. Yes, www.crush.style. No dot com. It's dot style. Crush.style. Okay. Crush.style or Deborah at crush.style. Deborah at crush. That's your, your email is Deborah at crush.style. And you also show up on Instagram, right? I am. It's that's crush style now. Um, crush style now. Yes. In fact, on the crush style now, there are, I don't have that many posts. I'm redoing it, but there are two posts where I'm, uh, each of, in each, I'm wearing something that I've had for over 20 years. One, one top I've had for, yeah, for 20 years and the other 21 and the other for 37 years. Wow. So th that'll be, <laughs> that's welcome news. I'm sure that'd be welcome news to many of the people who are listening. Cause I think the last thing anybody wants to do is just go out and spend a bunch of money on something that's kind of, it can kind of be uncomfortable for a lot of people. So I, I think that's a really cool thing. Mm -hmm. Really neat, really neat. Well, that, that is fantastic. And that's been really, it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad that we got to talk because I'm going to go down right now. Actually, before this interview, I went downstairs and I put on a uh, long sleeve blue collared shirt just so that I could demo for you in real time what that 40 year old look would be like, be like, and I did that on purpose because I had a, a, I had a plaid shirt on before that, but um. At any rate, I'm going to go down and take a new, new, fresh look, fresh eyes at my wardrobe. I would encourage anybody who's listening, who's interested or curious to take a look at your Instagram, take a look at your webpage and see if there's anything there that's interesting to you. And just, you know, you can contact Deborah at Deborah at crush.style.com, right? Deborah at crush, just it's all, there's no all, dot com. Same thing, no dot com. Deborah, Deborah at, at crush.style crush or www.crush.style. Awesome. On the website, you'll also see the stages we go through to achieve um, the crush. Very, very good. So I want to encourage anybody who's listening, if you found this uh, episode uh, helpful for you or interesting, you know, if you'd share that with friends, family, colleagues, anybody you think would be served by listening to the podcast, please do that. And as always, if you want to go and subscribe, that would be fantastic. If you go to Apple Podcasts, you can rate and review the podcast, which will help it to have a little bit more organic reach. And, you know, I like to do that. The other thing I really like to do is I like to communicate with those who are listening. So you can, you can email me at bruce at thegraybeardpodcast.com. Or you can, um, you can in, uh, instant message me on Facebook, on LinkedIn. And if you want to take a chance, you can try Instagram, but I'm not there very often. So um, those are ways you can get in touch with me. And I, I know that uh, if you just think about what we talked about today, there may be some things that you can implement that will increase your confidence and, uh, and kind of power you into the next part of your life, feeling good about the way you present yourself. Um, any last words, Deborah, before we go? Um, I just want to thank you for the opportunity. I, um, it's been a pleasure talking with you, Bruce. And I'm glad there are some things that you think are, are um, actionable quickly. And really, um, it just 
make it fun. Uh, to me, it's all clothing can be so much fun. Don't think of it as a chore. This is all choice. You have a choice and power on how you show up. That's make right. it fun. That's good advice. I, I, I hate to take it too far away from the closing, but you know, I think about when we were younger, it was life and death from, for me. I, I know that there are a lot of guys that didn't care, but for me, it was kind of life and death. How I, how I showed up was really important and it shouldn't have been that important, but it was. And it's so refreshing now to not have to have carry that burden with me, but still would like to be relevant um, uh, with my style. So thank you for sharing some of those things with us today and talking me through some of that stuff. You're a, a great conversationalist and I hope to talk to you again soon. Um, and, and I'd love to see this crush course when it comes out. Thank you so much, Bruce. I really, and, and thank you for your support. You bet. And uh, thanks everybody for coming today. Ciao. Yeah. Bye-bye.